back to the 90 or Nothing podcast. This episode has been proudly sponsored by Team Cinch Australia. Our Cinch-sponsored rider is Julie Duff and her husband, Joel. We'll get to the episode shortly. I just want to recap on quite a big week within the Australian equine industry. Down in Scone, New South Wales, they held the Australian Reined Cow Horse National Finals and Murray Wilkinson was crowned the first ever national, triple national champion. So congratulations, Murray. The Dolby Australian Stock Horse wrapped up yesterday and I think overall, considering the prolonged drought conditions, it was quite a good sale. Both mares and geldings averaged $9,705 and the stallions $16,000 with a clearance rate of 78%. The two mares that I saw go through sold top price, sold for $35,000. Fairly certain they'll both quarter horse stock horse cross. Romeo's Kitty was a sophisticated cat mare out of a Romeo mare, sold by Bill Kerry to Marcus and Shelley Kerr. And an Acres mare, Meadowbrook Magnolia, sold by the Corbolts to Adrian and JJ Lamb. So congratulations, guys. The Geldings, the Conmans, were very popular. Top price, $35,000 for Hazelwood Billy the Kid, sold by Geraldine and Terry Dewan to Kim and Evan Acton of Juliet Creek, Queensland. And uh, another gelding, Conman gelding, sold for $26,000. And so I think overall, um, quite a good sale. And congratulations to the Dolby Australian Stock or Sale. Over in America, Fort Worth, Texas, we've had quite a few Australians doing really well over there. The likes of Hugh Miles, Todd Graham and Dean Holden flew over to Catch Ride. Um, whilst there were some good scores on the board, I'm not sure if those guys made it back to the semi-finals, but other Australians such as Jeffrey Sheehan, John Mitchell, Sean Flynn, um, quite a few guys like that have made it back to the semi-finals with some good scores. So we'll keep you updated on our Facebook page with those results. Also tomorrow, I can say this now because Amelia Servan is competing. She's a little superstitious, so I wasn't allowed to mention it beforehand, but she is number 323 out in the non-pro futurity on a really nice mare by Metallic Cat out of Cinca de Maya. Now Cinca de Maya has produced some of the top cutting mares over there, cutting horses. Um, so we wish Amelia good luck and we hope she does well. Also Dean Holden is on tomorrow as well. So good luck guys. So we'll keep an eye on the NCHA futurity and NCHA world finals on our Facebook page. Also overseas, we have three Australian girls competing in Rope for the Crown. Matilda Schumach has converted from the cutting pen into the breakaway roping pen. And we have Townworth's Lauren Smith and Queensland's Liz Kenny. So good luck, girls. Rope for the Crown is a fairly pre- prestigious event over there. And they've qualified here in Australia to compete they then get some horses over there, have to find them themselves, to um, to compete in the breakaway roping. So we will keep an eye on those girls as well. So back to our episode with Joel and Julie Duff, proudly sponsored by Team Cinch Australia. The Cinch brand puts fit and styling first. Make Cinch Apparel your first choice. I'm here today with Joel and Julie Duff. 
thank you guys for being part of the 90 or nothing podcast today thanks for having us Kylie. yeah absolutely thank you so Pleasure. i'm really interested in to hear both joel and julie are very successful within the camp drafting world and they've had a good go at the cutting and had some pretty successful cutting horses along the way and sold some progeny into the cutting world that are going really well um, where did all this sort of start? Joel, where did you get into the horses? Uh, I grew up as a kid in Wagga Wagga predominantly. My dad was in the Air Force for a long time, so we started in Canberra and then went to Wagga. I was born in Queensland at the start of my life, obviously, but um, then dad was in the Air Force, so we moved to Canberra. There for a few years, went to Wagga, stayed there for all my primary school life, and then dad got out then and went to uh, Ipswich, back to Ipswich in Queensland. But in, in Wagga there, I was around some friends that were doing some um, oh, sort of rodeo stuff, you know, potty riding, that sort of stuff. And yeah. I thought, oh, this is pretty cool. I like, I like this. And I started getting involved with the horses. And um, my grandfather was a shearing contractor and a wool classer from Charleville. So I think I had that genetic background in me. Yeah, yeah. And I loved horses and um, started to hang around them a little bit. And tried the potty rides and all that but realised I was no good at that at all yeah, right, okay. and I enjoyed the horses a bit more but they didn't hurt as much yeah yeah Yeah. so you didn't really have a very horsey background no horsey with... background at all and then when we got to when we got to Ipswich when dad got out of the air force he asked I've got an elder brother and a younger sister and he asked us what we'd like as a, yeah. as a gift and he I wanted a horse my brother wanted a motorbike and my sister wanted a doll or something yeah. so anyway I got a horse and he took me to pony club and I fell off that horse a hundred times I yeah, didn't right know up. how to ride at all and how old were you about this age uh so first year of high school grade eight that'd yeah, be 12 right. I think yeah okay. that's the first 12 or 13 is when I first started to ride a horse. a horse then yeah so that's a fair gap like considering most yeah. kids these days they're well and truly camp drafting fairly solidly at eight or nine and I knew, I knew nothing about cows nothing yeah. about horses nothing yeah, so right. pony club was a really good background for me back in that, that day. Yeah. Yep. And then how did that follow through into the camp drafting and the... I, um, I met, I, I teamed up with some people who showed stock horses and we went to a lot of stock horse shows, like little agricultural shows within some bigger stock horse shows and I really liked that. And I met a good mate of mine at the time, uh, Dudley, Johnny Dudley, which got involved though with Queensland Pastoral Company. Like his yeah. dad had Queensland Pastoral Company and he imported cash on loan and he was in a fairly big time with horses and genetics and breeding and bred a lot of good horses and um, that's when I sort of first saw the cutting side of things and yeah. I thought wow this is me I, yeah. like, I love that this got hooked. still knew nothing about cows but I loved yeah. it yeah it was good and Julie where did your background in um, horses and just yeah, where, where did you grow up uh, yeah I grew up in the Riverina, a little town called Leeton, which is about an hour and a half west of Wagga. Um, I'm the youngest of eight kids. We had a, like we grew up on a farm and whatnot, and we had a forestry lease where we used to run a lot of cows and calves, and so horses just came along. That was just part and path yeah. of life there because I was really the only one in my family that rode, um, and obviously we had to muster the cattle and whatnot, and Dad he had a couple of dogs but the country that we used to um, have the lease on it was quite a heavily timbered country so it had to be mustered on yeah, horseback right. so that's where I sort of started to ride and and pretty much yeah what, that, what type of horses did you have were they sort oh, of just work horses they were horses, to be yeah. honest dad used to have horses down on this forestry lease we had and they were like Brumbies like yeah, right. dad was an old school you know horsemen that you know he bred these horses and 
he got them in when they were about three year old. They'd never had a hand laid on them. Yeah. Or ran them into a yard a little bit wild, I guess you could say, like yep. to compare to how things are done now. But back then that was how it was done. And, you know, these horses, we'd muster them every year and they'd all come in, oh, yeah, probably about a three year old and dad would put a halter on them, take them off to the breaker. And then, yeah, about three months later, there was my new horse for the year. Did you get to have a pick of them or you just oh, just got given one? Anything that was quite enough for me to ride. <laughs> it was pretty wild. Yeah. It was, yeah. you know, and I guess looking back now, I guess that's where I learnt to ride. Um, I was never given the nice quiet pony to ride. Yeah. It was always something a bit wild and yeah, right. woolly. Yeah, and did you go through pony clip? Pony camp yeah. and all that sort of thing as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I was lucky um, because Dad, he loved sort of watching me ride, so I was really lucky that he took it on, you know, to to try and, you know, give me as much as he could um, to go to pony club because Leeton wasn't a very horsey area at all. You yeah. know, they had a pony club and that was pretty much about it. There was no cow performance sort of yeah. um, sports there. So I went to pony club and through that time... I was lucky enough, um, there was a gentleman who used to go to all the the hacks, the royal shows, where he had hacks, and his name was Cliff Brown. And he was a really good show rider, obviously. And um, he took me under his wing for about four years and sort of taught me how to, I guess, you know, about leg aids and, you know, pushing your horse up into the bit and all that sort of thing. So I look back now and that was a very valuable time that yeah. I, back then I didn't realise to what I use today. So. Yeah. And um, I heard through the grapevine that you were into endurance as well. So where did that come, yeah. like where did you start up there? Yeah, well how that came about, we had, you know, I was probably the kid around town that whenever a horse bucked another child off dad you put his hand up and go Julie all right <laughs> so I was thrown on all these horses that you know that all the other kids used to get bucked off anyway this came about and there was a little horse that we uh, we ended up buying her for $150 and she was a little bay pony she was about 13 three hands and we didn't know any we didn't know her breeding or anything but we could sort of pick that she had a little bit of arab in her and there was a, 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 and this endurance ride was coming to Leeton and so Dad was like, oh, there was something other than yeah. chasing, like, you know, mustering cows at home that I could go on this endurance ride. So I worked this horse, knew nothing about endurance riding or anything about breeding or anything for, for that sort of an industry. Anyway, and I took this little horse, her name was Biscuit, and I took her to this endurance ride and I won it. And oh, then yeah. went on from there and she ended up winning oh, 10 endurance rides straight um, I got I actually got picked back then for the team for the lightweight team for the Tom Quilty but yeah, she just right. did her she did done a tendon only a few months out so I yeah. never actually got I did, I did do one Tom Quilty with her but I never got to represent New South Wales be, yeah. due to her injury but then yeah that was so where did, where did the camp drafting come in where did you when did you have your first um, well, after endurance riding, I sort of went and played about 10 years of polo cross. Oh, okay. Yep. So, yeah, so I played polo cross and, you know, I had a bit of a need for speed and, yep. you know. and a bit I of was, adrenaline. Oh, yeah. A bit of adrenaline <laughs> junkie. Anyway, so then, and just, I, my, you know, I was, got into polo cross, met my first husband, Gary, who passed away. So, and after that sort of had happened, I'd kind of lost a bit of interest in polo cross 
and then I had some other friends um, that were camp drafting at the time and Gary and I had been to a camp draft before he'd passed away but I just I didn't really sort of have any interest in it until probably after he passed away and then yeah I'd lost yeah decided to to go down the path of yep, you know find a new little venture yeah 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 and that was yeah probably about 14 years ago 15 years ago okay. maybe yeah right I started camp drafting yeah so did you pick that up quite quickly because you went obviously you grew up around cattle you obviously yeah. had judgment for cattle what sort of horse did you did you just use your Endurance horse, or did you go and pick out a new horse, or did you go? I probably looked like I was using my endurance horse when I or first did started. You, did you go out and like for people who want to get into camp drafting and they've gotten to a point that did you go and buy like a Ricky Dink sort of you know top line horse, or did you just yeah same old Brumby horse that you had at Dad's? Well, I started off with the horse that really didn't know a lot about it, but then yeah. I realised very quickly that you needed a horse that yeah. you know that could breed a cow and whatnot yep. so what I did the first horse I started he he was quite happy to look at everything else but the cow yeah so I realized that you know it cost you the same amount of money to yeah. to feed a good one as to a yeah an ordinary one so I decided well I had to go and you know better my horses yeah so I bought another a little horse off a friend and then she was okay and I'd gone bought a couple of horses, and then I was told about a horse down in Victoria, um, Elliot. Yeah. So I didn't really know too much about, you know, what you really needed as for a good camp draft horse. So I was lucky enough that I was told that he was by Doc Spinifex and that he was a pretty good horse. So I bit the bullet and I rang the lady who owned him, Tracy Sadler. I rang her and. Jumped in the car that weekend, drove down to Victoria, and I bought him. And he was about he was about seven, rising eight, I think, when I bought him. And he was a big, yeah, yeah. And he's hand. been a bit of an old legend, old Elliot. Yeah, yeah. the traps here, everyone knows Elliot. He's just recently retired, isn't he? Yeah, he's he been running him, but he's you've been very successful. You've had numerous lady rider titles. How many are you up to now? Uh, only two, yeah, two. Two, really? Yeah. And then, yeah. oh, it feels like you've won a whole <laughs> lot more than that. So you won um, one only just last year on Joel's young horse, which yeah. was a little bit unexpected, wasn't it? Because you were a little bit down the standings, fourth yeah. or something like that? Uh, I, I, can't, I went into the final sitting third. I was about 12 points behind Rebecca Roberts. She was leading it. Um, and I had no, no high expectations because I'd sort of retired Elliot earlier in the year. <laughs> and you just picked up a few placings here and there throughout the year on Joel's horse and other horses and and yeah when I went to the finals I yeah I didn't have any high expectations at all I, I in the back of my mind I guess I thought well geez it'd be cool to win the aggregate yeah and then the first round you know with Joel's good cattle picking skills we'd put one around and then the second round you know I was lucky enough to get another one around and then the th the, by then I was kind of like oh this you know mm. I, I, shot here. I could actually mm. have a chance at winning the aggregate and anyway we were lucky enough that you know all the stars aligned and yeah and we ended up winning the title because he was actually a maiden horse yeah. going in wasn't he, he was, so yeah. you sort of didn't really have <clears throat> that much expectation you sort of yeah. obviously Joel must have done a good enough job to manage <laughs> out he had all confidence we, <laughs> we, we, we were lucky with that horse we we bought him off Aaron Lindsay Wheatley Lindsay trained that horse and um 
he'd never drafted before, but he ran at the maturity and he didn't do any good. Like he didn't make the final or anything, but he he's a, he probably wasn't built to be a cutting horse. He's a very big gelding, and um, she wanted to sell him, and I needed a big horse because I'm I'm not so little myself. Yeah. So I thought he'll suit me. So we bought him, and he's pretty hot. Like he's pretty fearly. So it's taken three years, I think, mm-hmm. just to get him set. Like you could wreck him in one run if you wanted to. Yeah. And and the hardest he ever got rode was like Julie at the finals there. She wanted to ride him, and I was a bit hesitant. I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, I don't really know. Like I've I've babied him a little bit, but anyway, he's old enough to sort of handle it. And yeah. she gave him some proper hard runs there, and he handled it really well. So yeah. it, we were just it was just the right time in the situation we were in to, to purchase that horse, and it, it was great for them to sell him to us. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, so you've had like a fairly good run there with Aaron and Lindsay Wheatley with your horses. You've obviously yeah. do a fair bit of dealings with them as far as um, you've had a few horses trained. Yep. Mainly yep. by out of your good mare GI Jane. Yeah. Is that something you're going to continue on with? Is that something you sort of uh, hope to do a bit yeah, more cutting? Definitely. I mean, we love the cutting. I'm very passionate about the cutting, but I'm also very passionate about the camp drafting. Um, the, the cutting is, is, is a lot more intense than the drafting financially and, and physically and mentally on a horse as well. So, um, you know, we, we've got a couple of trained out of the mare. Uh, we'd like to now get some trained out of her daughters that we've got here. Um, that's, that's our next plan there because, you know, Jane's done enough for us in, in her world and in her, in her progeny. So now we need to promote, like we need to get on board with her progeny to with their progeny, if that makes sense. Yeah. But um, I've been mates with Aaron for 20 years and known Lindsay ever since she's been back too. So we've got a really good relationship there and, and hopefully it keeps going the same way it's going, you know. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt this great interview, but I thought we'd just get a quick mention from our great sponsor, Camp Draft Training Online. Are you looking to improve yourself in the Camp Draft arena? Well, why not? Jump on Camp Draft Training Online to get all the latest tips and hints from some of Australia's leading Camp Draft trainers. These guys will seriously make the difference. Jump on www.teamcto.com.au and find out all the latest methods that will get you into those finals. Yeah, so getting back to Jane, what's the story with her? A bit of a breeding where did you get hold of her yeah so jane she's by doc spin effects and she's out of a cutterbar kernel mare which is out of an imported docalina mare called sugarlina um she was very well bred um graham and lynn white owned the mare at the time and going back to when i first saw horses with cattle with jonathan dudley his old man jd old jd he loved that mare for like forever and his wife was um diagnosed with lymphatic cancer and she was dying and um, he always loved that mare. So her dying gift to him was to purchase that mare. So he bought that mare for JD, and and I've sort of been in the system for a long time with him, like you know, for a oh, very, very long time actually. So he's kind of got getting out of it, and we sort of got into it, and and we sort of got into that mare with him, and that's and the rest is history, so to speak. Like she's here with us now, and we've. She'd never drafted really before. I mean, uh, Jonathan McDonald won a maiden on her at Walgett. And then he won the, won the novice at Dungowan, I think, the weekend after Walgett. And then he took it to Honomachi Chill and Warwick and sort of didn't do too much with her there. Like, she was good, but just, you know, what that's like, those big shows. And then she tried to get bred that year, like embryo. She's been embryoed a lot, but she tried to get embryoed that year and, 
it just didn't work because of that Connor Monticello Warwick thing. Like she's a pretty fickle sort of mare, so she didn't have any foals that year. And JD wanted to keep that breeding going, so then we took her over from there on. And um, yeah, we turned her into an open mare and got a lot of embryos out of her. She was given sort of two to three a year and um, gave us a couple of fillies, which is fantastic. And um, we've sold a couple out of her, and she's produced now a Cloncurry Challenge Champion, which was just fantastic for her. And she's produced some NCHA finalists and yeah. Derby champions and, 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 um, well, futurity top five place getters as well. So she's yeah. she's been she's really great to a us. Producer, isn't she? She's yeah. um. You mentioned the Con Curry. There's that nice heart at Henry. What's his name, Kylie? Uh, well, I think you've been <laughs> having all sorts of funny little giggles to yourself. But gee, I'm hard. Yes, that's his that name. That was yes. very creative. I've got to put that down to you, Joel, not Julie. That was a third preference. That was a third preference. Oh, was it? I wanted to call him that from the get go, and Julie wouldn't let me. So we had G I Joe, and then G Space I Space Joe, and I said to her, put G.I.M. Hart in as a third preference, and the other two were did taken. Did you think it would go through? I, I kind of did, because I knew the other two were already taken. So, <laughs> so it worked out really well. Julia's a bit more naive to that than what I was. So it's a fantastic name, and he's well known. Well, yeah. yeah. Fortunately, he um, continued on and did well, because um, it would be horrible to have G.I.M. Hart, and you'd have to geld him if I know. Well, they, we, people want us to breed the mare back to Henry again. And, and I will, I will do one day maybe, but if I get a cold, I want to call it Geom Harder. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how you go with that yeah, one. Yeah, I don't think that'll float. <laughs> no. But um, other than that, he has, um, he's obviously going to be one to watch. Does he get to have another crack at the challenge? Because he was yes, only... Yes, yes. He's, a, a, the he's the youngest. Yeah. To, to this, I, I think the stats are unproven yet, but to my knowledge, uh, he's the youngest horse ever to win Cloncurry. Yeah. Uh, and he is eligible for another year of it mm. because of his age. And you sold him through Landmark as yeah, well. Yeah, so he's too. also got... Yeah. He's, I think he's actually still got two years left of Landmark. Mm. So th- this coming year, 2020, and then 2021. So he'll be interesting to watch this year. Obviously, he's going yeah. really well, like challenge-wise and drafting-wise. So He's a super be, horse. He's the best yeah. horse I've ever broken in. And reiterating, too, I, I only started riding when I was 12 or 13, so I haven't broken many in, but yeah. he, he was a super, super nice horse. And he went to Aaron and Lindsay for three months prior to that sale, and then here we put him through the sale, and here we really liked him, too. And, um, yeah, he was a he was a real buzz for us to, to yeah. breed and own. Yeah. And, and a great buzz to sell, too, because um, David and Raylene Smith, they bought him and they just love him and, and they've yeah. done what they've done with him with their son, Josh, you know. Yep, and you put a really nice, sophisticated, was it a sophisticated cat filly? Sophisticated cat filly out, yeah. of, out of Jane through Willinga. And yeah. I, we said then at the time, and, and we, we're going to try and stick to it, but things change, as you know, but that, that would be the last filly we sell out of the mare because yeah. uh, we've only got two, two of our own now out of her. Yeah. Um, and she was a really nice filly too. She and went down she, there. Yeah, who'd she end up going to? Uh, so Michael Hawke bought her, and um, and she was yeah she's lined up to go to Aaron and when she's ready to she go. Maturity, hopefully. hopefully, yeah. Fingers yeah. crossed. If she makes yeah. the grade, you know it's a tough yeah. world. They're cutting yeah. world, so they got to make the they got to make yeah. the cut. Um, not all of them do, as you know. So um, yeah. yeah, hopefully she does. And you had a crack at the cutting as well yourself out of yeah. a foal out of Jane again. Yeah. G.I. Jewel. G.I. Jewel, yep. She was, what was she by, that one? So she was by Oaks Jackhammer. Yep. Out of Jewel. I actually bought her off JD, who owned Tone. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, we didn't breed that mare, but um, we bought her as a yearling filly. And we sent an Aaron Lindsay. We, we had her and a, and a Zach T. Woodcold out of Jane at the time. We called him Lieutenant Dan. Yep. And they both went to Aaron. And 
Um, I said, Darren, you know, pick one. And he liked them both, but he, he picked the mare because he, he hates studs mainly. So, yeah. But the stud was good enough to, to come home. And um, Grant Quigley ended up finishing off him as a gelding. We cut him. And he ended up seventh in the Futurity that year. Aaron did no good on the mare that year. She she made the wild card and then got run over in the wild card pretty bad. Yeah. And then he brought her back for the Derby. And, yeah, first cow in the Derby, in the Open Derby, she just got, like, smoked. Like, cow yeah. just hit her really hard and he was devastated. And we weren't. Like, we were happy with the horse, you know. We were always about a product. And uh, she was fantastic. And as he walked out on a zero, I, said, I looked at Julie and I said... Because that, that's it in that derby, so you don't yeah. like you don't go. And at this point too, you've trained it out. There's a, <coughs> a lot of um, money and time. Yeah, a lot and, of money. It can be a little bit devastating, hey, yeah. when things yeah, don't it can, go it can be deflating. But yeah. but for us, it wasn't deflating because we knew what the mare was, yeah. and and like you know that first cow hit her, like it didn't just come out, put his hand out, and ran her over straight away. Like she did some really cool stuff before she got run over. So we kind of knew what we had, and very happy with the product that we had. So I said to Julie, I wonder if. I wonder if Aaron will let me show her in the... It's funny that, eh? I asked the trainer if he'll let me show her in, show the, in the non-pro. Did money for? <laughs> anyway, uh, I went and saw him. Uh, no, I texted him. And uh, he said, yeah, that could be an option. No, I've never shown a cutting horse before in my life. I yeah. never, ever walked down the line. I only rode a couple of cutting horses in general and um, just in, in an arena at a friend's place, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so he, so he said to me, you better come out and have a ride on and make sure you can, you yeah. can do it. So this is out the back of the ALEC? Yeah, at the yeah. back of the ALEC. So I spent... I spent two days trying to learn how to steer a horse yeah. with, with one rein, like like one hand yeah. on the reins. And I went all around that cross-country course and I yeah. steered through all the jumps. It's, it's and very this. foreign, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's and, foreign. And your feet is just all, yeah. If Especially not, when you've never ridden them, like yeah. you don't know. And it is it is foreign. And um, and then we went to the practice band and worked the cow. And oh, I had the greatest, but greatest time ever. I don't know how it looked, but it was like awesome cool. to me. Yeah. And I walked out and I said, Aaron, how, how was that? And he goes... Oh, it was all right, mate. I, <laughs> Trying to be positive. Yeah, yeah. We, we need to do a bit. And I'm like, yeah, wow, that's cool. Anyway, then he said, oh, he said, I think you'll be right. Like, you thought you, know, you were Austin Shepard. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like built, like, I was awesome coming out of there. Anyway, so uh, we went and bought a slot. We bought a slot off Lordy Nielsen. And, um, yeah, went down the timeline and got a 44 in the first round. And I was like, I just yeah. ran the 90 in a can draft, you know. Yeah. I'm thinking this is unreal. Yeah. So I'm pretty pumped. And then the second round, it wasn't the cattle quite tough. We showed really late. It was really cold. Didn't do much good there, but we were enough to make the final. Had a review. Thought they hot quit, but I didn't, which was great. And then... Um, a hot quit, for those who don't know, is <coughs> when you quit a cow and they um, they haven't stopped moving. Is that yeah, basic so it, isn't it? it just kind of picked its front foot up at the time I quit. But yeah. it well, they reviewed it all and they've got pretty good technology yeah. to slow it all down. So... Thank God yeah, it, it went my way. Yeah, correct. They can look at you, but because yeah. I wasn't like I got asked, like Aaron asked me, and I asked a few other people, like, "Do you know all the rules, Duffy?" And I said, "Well, I think so, but not really. Like, I've yeah. never shown. I've never really looked into it. I just, I just winged it, really." Yeah, yeah. And um, made the final. I was fortunate enough to make the amateur non-pro final, and was having a really cracking run. And then I did the biggest hot quit you've ever seen in your life on oh, the fence. No. And yeah. I, as I walked back into the herd, I knew it was hot. And I walked back into the herd and Guy Morgan was in my corner and I said, was that hot? He said, mate, that was red hot. And I'm like, oh, that's so good, isn't it? So I cut the third cow and I didn't yeah. get a place in that. But yeah. it was a pretty good run other than that hot quit. Yeah. 
Anyway, so then I told myself I won't do that in the final and um, fortunate enough to, to go into that non-pro final and Aaron was really good with the week. He, he helped me with the mare and I still was learning to steer her and went in there and, and there was a pretty tough herd in that final and Amelia Tonkin at the time, oh no, serving then I think, she came out and she was leading it after her run. She had a cracking run on that World Series cat and I really wanted to beat her. Like, well, she's an old camp drafter. So yeah, 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 you know, yeah. You sort of feel like yeah, you're yeah. coming in with a chance. I'm thinking, I'm going to smoke you, Molly. <laughs> anyway, I went down there and I tried. I tried yeah. really hard. And uh, not knowing the rules all the time, the technicality of it all, I just I sort of hung up a little bit in my um, second cut and it cost me a couple of points. And I ended up equal third with Peter Ryan. But it was the biggest yeah. buzz. It was like yeah. I won an Olympic sport like I was yeah. so excited it yeah. was awesome yeah. so when when you had your first sort of you're walking down that line yeah. what were you thinking were you just I was well it was funny you say that because I remember walking on the very first time I rode down there in that and, and like it's a big event that for surety yeah there's a lot of people oh yeah they're sure. sort of up around you yeah. and they're just walking. I'm walking into the herd and I'm walking sort of towards Aaron because he was in that corner and there was some people there looking at cattle, and little Yui Miles was up in the up on that little grandstand looking at the cattle. And as I'm walking in, he goes, "Breathe, mate." <laughs> and, I'm going, and I didn't look at him, but I heard him, and I thought, "Yeah, geez, I'm not even breathing." So I started to breathe going through, and that kind of calmed me a little bit. And then having Aaron in that corner, he he's very good at, you know, he, he talks talks really fluently and really softly, and, and calms you down and, and gets you doing what you need to do. And all of a sudden, you feel really confident in the way you go. And but look, you know, I was sitting on a horse that was well trained by them, and and yeah. she she was she could make anyone look good, and she made me look good and made me feel great. Yeah. So, and yeah. so have you have you done any more since, or you just no, of... not really. We did a we did a couple of little shows with her after that, and then um, and then she did it. She had a bit of a paddock injury in the paddock, and she never recovered from that. So unfortunately, it was only. Only three months ago, we had to put her down. That yeah, she yeah, right. she needed splits in the paddock and her staff was pretty bad. So yeah. um, that was a shame. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then um, you end up putting another really nice acres mare out of Jane. Yeah. Uh, Midas. Uh, Midas Touch. touch. Yep. Yep. I, I named that mare. I read a book. I'm a huge Donald Trump fan, and I read a book. Donald Trump and, and Sugiyaki wrote, who wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad, they wrote a book together called The Midas Touch. Yeah. So it's all about like King Midas, you know, back in the day, he used to, everything he touched turned to gold. So I read this book when I was working away, because I used to work away a lot, and uh, sort of give you a little bit of, oh, I don't know, entrepreneurial insight into having a go at or having a crack at anything. And I really liked uh, the way that book read, and, and I said to Julie, I said, if, if we should call this, like if Jane has an acres filly, we'll call it this. Yeah. And, and, and we did, and, you know, that's the mare that got fourth in the fraturity with yeah. Aaron, and she's not built to be a cutter. Actually, yeah, Jason, she's a nice, big, stretchy, oh, camp-drafty type. Yeah, and, then that's, yeah. and that's why we did that. Yeah. And I remember Jason Leach said, um, when Aaron was working on the flag there before the fraturity, he said, oh, I didn't know Octagonal could breed cutting horses. Yeah, right. I said, well, you still don't, because it's not by Octagonal. <laughs> well, not bad. Not bad coming third anyway. And she fourth. Was fourth. She was fourth. fourth. Yeah, right. yeah. No, she was really good. Yeah. yeah, and then you pulled her up, didn't you, and you bred her? Yeah, so we bred her. She's just got a hard at Henry filly out there. Yeah. I want to call it Touched by Henry, but Julie won't let me. So um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, no, she's got a really pretty Henry filly out there, and that mare will come back on the truck now. Yeah, right, so who gets her? Me? Yeah, mine. I was looking at Julie. <laughs> 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 
I'm going to start claiming something here. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair yeah. enough. Because you went through a bit of a stage. Obviously, you had a really good team of sort of horses, Elliot and Jane and a few yeah, play there, time, yeah, old play time, time, yeah, old playtime, yeah. And then you've just sort of hit that little spot, I think. I think we all hit it, don't we? Yeah, everyone yeah. hits it at some stage. And yeah. you probably hit it a good time with the drought with not many yeah. droughts yeah. on. Yeah, Tom, was great. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, so obviously you've got some nice horses you're um, coming along. Mm. Have your Acres Mare and old yeah, Elliot's out and Jane's out Elliot's out and we've got um, EB's Fescue here at the moment. He's a really cool horse. And we've got another little mare that we bought off Aaron and Lindsay, um, little cat in a hat mare. Um, Stormy Dreams. Yes, yeah, and then the gelding, yeah, Stormy Dreams. So, yeah, we, you know, we... We got sort of two or three each, yep. which is which is yeah. enough. We're running, yeah. you know, they're all sort of young horses, but you know, you have to do your time with them. And, yeah. And you know, we know that in time, hopefully, they they will make the grade and yeah. sort of become those better better grade horses. Well, one thing I've noticed um, with you both, and particularly you, Julie, with your ladies, you have um, quite really good cattle sense in the way. I, I always see you both there at the campyard and you're picking through your cattle and talk to each other about your cattle. But even if you're not on your best horse of the day, you both of you can really put a cow around the course. Even if your horse isn't really as good as you probably want it to be or as open status, you might be on your maiden horse, but you have a really good cattle sense. Is there something that you do at home or is that just something that you both really work on or what's your sort of what do you have a little strategy when you go in there of how you're going to chase that cow around yeah well i guess you know first of all you've got to think of you know your horse and your horse's ability and then i guess try and pick a cow you know that you can that you know that's going to suit your horse and that's probably where joel and i work quite well together with picking our cattle <laughs> You know, it doesn't always come off. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of ninety percent. Plenty of whips in the yard. Plenty, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, We're I guess yeah. you know we tend we tend to want to look after our younger horses for a little while, and we don't we don't probably push for the big nineties in their yeah. first couple of years of starting out. Yeah. Uh, depending on the horse too, some horses take to it quicker than others. But you know, I guess we just look look for cattle that suit the horse. Yeah horses and you know and as they go as they get better well then you know you know that you know that your horse may be able to handle them yep. further down the track yeah well one thing i've sort of really noticed is it doesn't look like you're sort of really riding for 90 but because you're so consistently um good with where you position your cattle and put your horse and all the rest your run comes off really neat so you still get scored up there for such good sort of horsemanship and all the rest where you know you'll see a lot of 90s where people are just you know throwing the reins and you know mm. up in the cattle and sort of quite can get a little messy and get your 90 yeah. but um you, you can always sort of keep it neat and tidy you never sort of see you riding overly aggressive just and still get your 90s which i think um a lot of women in particular like to see that as far as they can feel like they can ride safely and position their horse and still get scored in a in a like in a right up there and still be really competitive yeah. so i think as far as um women really sort of do watch you julie as far as confidence and you know um feeling like they can be as good as any man out there as well 
you, do you notice that, that people yeah. sort of really... Oh, well, you know, like I think you too, Kylie, you, you do the same sort of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, don't worry about that. I feel yeah. a bit wild and Western. We're in good company now. here, Kylie, don't worry about that. No, I feel a bit wild and Western, but I just you, you just always seem to be neat and tidy. I just don't I'm know... I'm interviewing you now. <laughs> I just don't know how you really do it. You just never seem to be out of place with your horse or you don't... We, we, with it or argue with it. we like do a lot just... of galloping with the horses at home. So when when you can go fast and then you need to cross over, you know we don't like our horses to try and fight you with the crossover. Yeah. You know, I think that pretties you run up and, and it, makes it look easier probably, than probably yeah. what it is. Yeah, probably because they yeah. just don't like it. Yeah. You know, you don't really see you sort of either of you really going out that you know too aggressive yeah. or the horse going too aggressive. Everything just sort of seems to stay in a nice yeah. little sort of bubble like in such a good way that everything yeah. just sort of comes off smoothly and um i think a, a lot of people want to be like that you know it's much more you know appealing to the eye watching sort of good horsemanship and horses well, you, around you're trying you're trying not to give a judge to to look at anything to take a point off you aren't you like yeah. You're, yeah. you're trying to make you run as neat as you can yeah and i think giving your younger horses that time to get comfortable with yeah, galloping we, we take and a long crossing time. over and all that sort of yeah. thing like you know and then i guess you know if give them their first start and you really yeah. send them well yeah. you know, I guess you can scare them a little bit yeah. and because we probably give our horses that little bit of time it's a little bit longer to you know get the winds and the ribbons yeah. around their neck but well, I guess it doesn't it seem to stop either of you you both sort of seem to come home with a ribbon so I'm more of the tail guy really like. oh really <laughs> you're the scrapper I just brush the tails <laughs> you know right he's just about to take minus off me yeah exactly <laughs> He must be trying to step it up. He's got to, got to beat the wife now. She's, she's getting a brush for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair enough. Yeah, no, I think you've been, um, you probably don't realise it, but I think mm. as far as a role model for women within the camp drafting industry, you've been a really great role model, um, not only for your riding, but just who you are as a person and encouraging and just general sort of who you are getting around. But I think a lot of women... Um, can feel a little not confident enough to sort of pick their own cattle and and um, sort of ride that young horse or get jump into the ladies and sort of you know ride for the win without being too much or too aggressive or overrided and and um, yeah seeing I know Joel is always there helping you with the cattle but you look through your cattle as well and yeah. you both discuss it and and I think that's probably big part of your mindset would you say that you've got yeah. that confidence in being think, able to trust yourself well before joel came along joel and i've been together for eight nine years now and before joel came along well i was on my own doing yeah. it um so i had to pick my own cattle and i had to you know work it out i guess for myself so and i guess that's probably where it started and you know like i guess now you know since joel's been around I've, you know i'm lucky enough to have you know to look over at him and know that he's been you know, watching the cattle pretty intensely for me as well. Um, so, but I do think it is important that, you know, you give yourself a little bit of confidence and back yourself. Yep. You know, if, you know, we all get it wrong. Like, no yep. one's perfect. No one can pick, you know, if we could all pick the perfect cows, we'd be all running yep. big scores. But, you know, you don't always get it right. And that's okay. Like, yep. you just go back and you, you know, reevaluate it. And Because and from the sideline, I've noticed sometimes when I go in there, 
I could be walking around and there's just something about a cow that mm. I might see that I like about it or dislike about it and whereas and whoever's on the fence can't see that and it, sometimes you can get in two minds you think oh they've obviously seen something in one cow I'm sort of heading to the, towards this way and I think as um, it's just having that confidence to sort of trust yourself and go mm. that cow just moved away a yeah. little bit better than what I think the other one did and and just believing in yourself and going with it and and like you say it doesn't always come off sometimes you can yeah. it, it could step you or take off or and do yeah. something that you didn't think it would but um yeah but then other times it can and, and when that happens when you do you know we've all done it we've all picked a cow and as you step towards it and you straight away you go oh no and yeah. you know you're in trouble well then you know you don't try and get your 22 three or four yards or whatever you, you know you you yeah you do enough and then you yeah know, get out of, you know depending on what that cow's going to do but do what you can you're do. not you, you you can't run you know so i guess some people can run a, get a 90 out of a, you know an 85 cow but yeah you know when you're on young horses you just got to be able to you know ride to your horse's ability into what the cow will allow you to, yeah. to get out of it so that's where i think you know that we try and do yeah so um What's the plans from here? The season, has it finished yet? The bushy f- season? Uh, oh, where, what are we up to now? Uh, It'd be about ending now, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it would nearly have to be. Yeah, it's the end of November, end so. Of November, so, and how are you sitting as far as titles and. Oh, gee. Um, you'd be up there for the ladies still, wouldn't you? Oh, I'm not sure. I'd be probably fourth or fifth sitting down the standings. I yeah, haven't really right. looked too much at it. Well, from last year's so. performance, don't feel safe. And actually, that's how I was last year too. I didn't really look too much at it until really the week before. And I thought, I wonder where I'm sitting. And I was 12 points behind. Yeah, yeah. it never crossed my mind. And you always think at the finals, it's three rounds, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is three rounds. And it's five points for the win. Yeah, five points for each win and or and then I think you get an extra five points then if you win the aggregate, Average. and that was what yeah. ticked me over. So you ended up with, what's that, five, ten, twenty points? Uh, no, I didn't win every round. Oh, you I didn't only win won, every round. Yeah, obviously I ended up with, uh, I think, about 13 points. Oh, 13 at the, points. 13 or 14 oh, points at the I end. I thought you won nearly all of them, or you were no, up there anyway. No, I placed in every round, yeah, right. and I, that's sort of the key, I think, at the finals, that yeah. you're just consistent. consistent. And then you, you won know. the average, so then yes. you get an extra five points. Yes. Okay. So yeah. then, obviously, so you, what it one by one point? I think it was one or one and a half points. It wasn't oh. much. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That so was it was. It was very exciting. Yeah. yeah it was, it was exciting because you know Joel had done a lot of work with that horse leading up to that, the two or three years prior to. It's exciting, but it's frustrating, isn't yeah. it, Joel? Oh yeah. Like when you do all the work and then someone else. Someone takes gets all the glory. glory. Yeah. <laughs> I'm used status. to it. I'm used to it. <laughs> I broke his status, and he can now take him to Warwick. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Win-win for you, Yeah, Yeah, well, he's one of the ladies and placed in a few yeah. other things now. Like he's, he's, a, he's a cool horse, but he, yeah, he hasn't been easy. Yeah. 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 Well, no, you've done a good job with him, Joel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, Julie, Julie, Julie rides him a bit too, don't worry. <laughs> what are you going to ride next year? <laughs> yeah, so what are you going to ride? Probably oh. Midas. Midas? No. <laughs> no, that's, that's not negotiable. <laughs> We won't start an argument here today, but you can have a discussion about that later, guys. <laughs> no, we've got some nice horses there to yeah. try and pick from, so... Yeah, no, yeah. fair enough. And anything for the futurity next year? Uh, not in the not in the open futurity or anything like that, but we've got a little 
filly there by as smooth as a cat out of G.I. Jane, which um, I would like to try and show in the snuffle bit. Yeah. So we're trying to head down that lane now. And we have got another filly here that maybe Julie might show, but we just, we're not quite sure yet. We're in the process of buying a place. We haven't got an arena. We've got no yeah. nothings. Got a whole lot going on and two we, little kids. And two little girls that take up a lot of time. And, and, yeah. and the bus run and... Um, yeah, so we just try and canter them around the paddock. It's not, it's not much fun, really. But yeah. uh, we're fortunate enough. We're good friends with Jimmy Vickery and his partner, Liv. So we go over there a little bit at Bective and work yeah. a few cattle there. And, and you've been riding their colt, too. Yeah, 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 he's colt rapid flow. He's a really yeah. nice horse. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're fortunate enough to, to go somewhere to uh, achieve a little bit. Yeah. But when we get this uh, sorted out here, we get an arena in and, and, and try and do our own show here, it'll be a lot better. We haven't had an arena for... A very, very, very long time, yeah. like almost seven years or eight oh, years, really, I've because had one, really. we had a place that we sold and we only had that arena built for three months before we sold it. So yeah, okay. it's been eight years without anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's pretty tough. Yeah, well, that's part of life, isn't it? When you've got horses <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Um, trying to make a living and yeah. it's yeah. not always um, it's not easy. easy sailing to, no. to get to a mall and do all the horse things you'd like to do when you're doing a bit of breeding mm. jane you tried con man yeah so we just ai'd her to con man now we're waiting on a positive for that so we've got everything crossed for that and um we just embryoed the acres mare miters to a dual race start out of rock me gently yeah um very well bred horse very nice horse oh that's that one of um, um sam skews yeah a horse yep. called ray-bans yeah so she's embryoed him and and we got another mare by I'm a Smooth Blue Cat out of Jane, which we sold. Um, Sasha Mason now owns her, but we got an embryo out of her. And we've tried we've tried a couple of times to no success yet, but we're just about to um, AI her to for the first time to that Yaven Spinner Cat. Oh, yeah. So hopefully we can embryo her to him yeah. and um, get, a, get, get a positive result there. Yeah. Oh, that'll be and that's good. all we're breeding. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty yeah. dry at the moment, so we yeah. don't want to go overboard. But yeah. No, we're a bit the same boat. We haven't done anything yet, so haven't you? we'll have to... Mm, it is nearly Christmas. Just, yeah. <laughs> you got it's American just, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, no, we're just, yeah, just the dry yeah. and all the rest and yeah. a bit the yeah. same. Mares have taken a bit to kick in the gear this year too. Yeah, and um, some of ours are a bit older, so we're just sort of waiting them yeah. to sort of cycle once or twice. But, yeah, and we're just interested to see what the breeding was doing this year, whether the mares were taking mm. or what, because, yeah, sometimes they... I know last year before they sort of shut down at a certain point and it was a bit tough, so yeah. we just sort, of, sort of wanted to sit back and see what was happening first. But, but um, yeah, no, as far as that, um, I think that'll probably nearly wrap us up for the day. Yeah, and, awesome. Uh, we really appreciate all your time to oh, um, discuss thanks. all your thoughts. Thanks for having us. I hope and, people yeah, uh, enjoy listening to it. And, uh, We're just two regulars trying to have a go. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's part of what we like to, um, you know, everyone will see you guys out there and have all these horses going through the cutting and the, you know, the futurity yeah. and breeding and drafting. Yeah. But really, at, like at the end of the day, you're working hard for it. And, yeah, yeah it, I think everyone does. If you don't work hard for it, you don't, you don't achieve, do you? So you've got, yeah. to, you've got to put your head down and, and stay focused and um, try and have a vision and, and work towards it. I had a vision five, oh, yeah, five, six years ago, my vision was to breed something out of Jane that would go to the yeah. maturity and make the final, and, and we've been there twice on those occasions now in place, so yeah. I've achieved that. I'm very happy with that. So. Yeah. And you make a lot of sacrifices along the way to do it, you? Do. Yeah. 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 Well, Jane, she, there was a lot of times where she wasn't on our truck due to breeding. Yeah. So she, yeah. her camp draft career wasn't a very, very short-lived, yeah. long one. 
due to her breeding all the time. Yeah. She's, um, she's all about 16 foals on the ground now. And Only ever carried two. Yeah, right. So yeah. She, she's spent a lot of time in the breeding line. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll see plenty more hmm. down along the way then. If there's 16, I didn't actually realise there was 16. I'm yeah, there's a few. There's a few. Cover every single one today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a few. There's a few of them. Yeah, well, we look forward to watching um, her progeny and whatever else you got coming along. And Thank you. Wish you all the best at the finals. And um, we will be covering the finals time, so we'll keep a tab on Julie and Joel there with what they're doing. And Perfect. So thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, Kylie. Really thank appreciate you, it. Thanks again for listening in to the 90 or Nothing podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Joel and Julie Duff. It has been proudly sponsored by Team Cinch Australia. Thank you, Cinch Australia. You have a very valuable member in Julie Duff. Today's takeaways. um, First of all, I just want to touch on Julie and her confidence as a female competitor in the camp draft world. Um, I think there was some very very valid points in um, your, having that horse and being able to pick your cattle. I think if you can do that um, and then take some advice from the sideline and then sort of just in your own mind sort of make a decision, it just gives you a little bit more co- confidence as a competitor. And um, I know some women do struggle a little bit with that sort of side of things and probably wished after they finished their run that they probably didn't take the bullock that their husband gave them and all the rest and they probably like something else in there. But I know I've done it myself. So um, I just wanted to encourage all the ladies out there just to um, believe in themselves a little bit. Both Joel and Julie... They have a really great sort of communication with camp drafting amongst themselves. They can ride their horses, the same horses. They can pick cattle together. And that doesn't always happen. Some women have their set horses and some men have their horses and that's probably a way to go too. But um, it is a great family sport and whatever way you do it, you just got to make sure that at the end of the day that you enjoy it, whether you've had a good or a bad day. Um. Another thing I know, Joel and Julie personally, and they work hard. I know they've got a lot of things on their plate and two young children and um, and you see them around the camp drafts and and um, you sort of think they've got it made and which they do, but they work hard at it. So um, just knowing them personally, I know they, they're really big workers and if you want to get places in life, that's generally the way you've got to go about it. Number three is... Whilst they've had some good horses, I think Jane's probably been a real standout and um, sometimes you're just lucky enough that everything sort of falls into place and you do get your hands on those horses and you make the best of it and they've definitely done that. And sometimes a good horse doesn't always produce, but she is a massive producer with 18 progeny on the ground and there'll be more to come. So, um and successful and they've been smart about it they've got them trained out they've bred a bred a right and and um we look forward to seeing plenty more of gi gi jane's progeny in the future so um overall just wrap it up now and thanks joel and julie and it's getting close to christmas um not sure if you'll hear from me again but have a safe holidays and we'll see you next year